Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, good morning or after afternoon or night. Honestly, not sure. Wherever you are, whatever time. Hi, welcome back. Another episode of Good Game, Nice Try. Joined as always by my lo- lovely, uh, That's right. yeah, keep excellent, going. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and um, very extremely intelligent and okay, handsome. Co- I sound like I'm buttering you up for something. Love it. Keep going. Let's, maybe this is just today's podcast. You just complimented. I just keep gloating about how how handsome and uh, just well well reversed. Although now you now it's starting to sound sarcastic. Like when they call a big guy tiny, you know, <laughs> it's starting to kind of sound a little sarcastic. Like the really good looking and handsome. Yeah, I I mean, you I know? definitely didn't mean it to sound like that. So he's got a face for podcasting. Aww. Um. I, look, I got something to say, I, and happy Friday, everyone. And I'm sorry to come in. I just feel like a lot of times we start these episodes, I just come in really hot. I think we should make a drinking game and drink every time you start the podcast with, look, I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I have opinions. You know, I'm drifting through the world. I'm playing games, living life. Usually you come in, you're like, listen, I got something to say. Usually it's way more yeah. hot. So I appreciate the softer approach to d- today. Like, listen, guys, I do have something I need to talk about. So you guys know I play a lot of different games. I, I'm a big proponent of indie games and I support the indie community on Steam and itch.io. And I, I think that that's where the the best stuff right now in gaming is happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and small creators and, and doing things. I played a game that I need to talk about. It's this game called Adios. And the game is, one thing I'll say is, what one thing I like about indie games right now is, it feels like short films. Mm-hmm. Somebody has an idea, it can be a small idea, it can be a big idea, but it's one specific idea and they make a game that's built around this one idea. I just Googled it just to see what the vibe was. And it looks like a Pixar short film that will guarantee to make me cry. Okay. It's funny you say that. Oh. Because it's couldn't, the subject matter could not be further from a Pixar movie. Okay. It is, you are a pig farmer who gets rid of bodies for the mob by feeding them to your pigs. And you want out of this life. So Pixar after dark. (laughs) Pixar nights. Okay. First of all, you start by feeding a body to these pigs. That's how the game right, starts. Hot start. Hot start. 
and you're just and the voice acting is phenomenal, really great. And and you're talking to your mob contact who's really nice. And you're like, you know, and you and there's all the and it's dialogue choices and it is just it goes so deep into this this character's life and just why they're cheap, why they got into this world, oh. like what what their hopes and dreams, what they wanted them to be and then then what they are and like how like why they're choosing and it's it's I don't know, man. It was very emotionally intense. So and I just a very light, a lighthearted, casual play. It affected me in the way that and, and I was just having this conversation yesterday where you know, games since they're so visceral because you are the person doing the thing and making the choices, right? Mm-hmm. So for instance, spoiler alert for those who haven't played Bioshock One, but in Bioshock, when the turn comes at like the end of act two or whatever, where you learn that you're actually just a puppet and they're controlling you by saying, would you kindly do this? And you kill Andrew Ryan by him saying, would you kindly hit me or whatever, kill me? And all you could do is beat him to death. It's if I was watching someone on TV who was brainwashed beating someone to death, I'd be like, okay, this is a weird episode of Sesame Street, but fine. But like, the fact that you have to hit the button to do it makes it awful. Mm-hmm. And similar thing in Adios, where it's like, I don't know if I was watching this on a show, if it would really affect me in the way that it affected me. But like, you're calling your son to be like, hey, like basically to say goodbye. And like, he hates you and you're talking all about. And I was like, God, this game is like affecting me, man. And it still is. So, like, can we have a quick little conversation? I feel like between. Adios, and between whatever this book that you've been reading has been, oh. you've been consuming a lot of really heavy content. A lot of dark things. Yeah. For, for better, for worse. It's nice to have like a full range of emotions, but also, damn, dude, play something happy. And put, I was gonna, put on a Pixar short. Yes. Uh, I've been reading this book called At Night All Blood is Black, and it's all about <laughs> World War One. And so Jen and, and Sonia have been hearing me say, like, I can't sleep in these uh, dreams. I know, you're right. You know what? So what are some – okay, fine. I don't I don't really know some happy games. What are some happy games, Jen? I have a good indie one that's really Love fun. this. Okay, hit me. It's called Concrete Genie. Have you heard of it? I played it. I beat it. Oh. Aww. Where you paint on the walls and stuff? Yeah, I oh, it loved it so much and how it, like, addresses bullying and how yes. the bullies mm-hmm. – have their own stories and why they're acting out is because they're not happy. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. And the game is beautiful. It was great. I, I played that and then I started reading At Night All Blood is Black and, and and playing Adios. I need, yeah, what else you got? Sonia, what else you got for a happy game? Have you actually played Sayonara Wild Hearts? Oh yeah, I beat that too. It's great. See? It's great. I feel like that's good. And by like the way, good. we talked about this because then it blew my mind because I was like, who is this narrator? And it's Queen Latifah. Yeah, it's Queen La- I didn't figure that out until the end. Me neither. During like the monologue at the end. I was like, why is her voice so, like, why is this so familiar? And then I'm like, no effing way. It's Queen I never Latifah. even figured it out. I just saw, and I was just like, who? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. But that would be a nice little break in between. Guys, I've played those though. And okay, I'm let's still- think. Let's think. We need something new. We, you know what? If you guys out there- listening have a good happy game for me to play i need something man i need i community i need your help <laughs> please hit us up on twitter at good game nice try with games to pull blay out of his funk games that don't have the words death or blood in them 
that, yeah. If there, are, if, if, if such games exist. I, I want to say I did a very quick Google of happiest video games okay. ever. Okay. Um, topping most of the lists is Animal Crossing. Oh, I hate Animal Crossing. Hmm. It just gives me another job. Oh, yeah, that makes me happy. Let me go severely in debt to like a bear or raccoon and try to buy a house because in real with apples and make me try to buy a house with apples because in real life, I can't buy a house with money. That just is depressing. That's what I was going to say. Blake, that sounds like a dreamland. If I could buy a house with apples, I'd be fucking stoked. So true. Animal Crossing gives me existential depression. Okay, okay. I'm maybe, like, oh, maybe I can't not even then. catch a fish in Animal Crossing. Have you heard of uh, Wander Song? No. I Wander haven't Song. either, but it looks just okay. the, I don't know anything about it. It was second on the top of this list, and it wow. looks really bright and colorful okay. and happy. Okay. So. Okay. Maybe, right. maybe we gonna, give that a shot. I'm going to give Wander Song a shot. And also out there, guys. If you guys have happy games, hit us up because mm-hmm. we we need some happy games. And don't come at me with Pokemon. I will turn this <laughs> podcast around. I will everybody out. I don't no, want to play Pokemon. No Pokemon. Don't even suggest it. It seems like no happy little character multiplayer games. <laughs> no. St- did you like Stardew? It was fine. Oh, are you kidding? Again, it's a lot of work. It's like mm. you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of numbers and work. But I appreciate it. It's. Perfect. Can I say a thing which is I don't think I think if just if you make a happy little character in your game, it doesn't exactly mean that it's a happy game. To be fair, to be fair, in Elden Ring, I'm not making a cute little Kirby character. So, you know, Touché. I don't Touché. Bo- both sides, maybe. Touché. <laughs> but I would say give Wander Song an attempt. OK, maybe I will, too. And uh, yeah, we can we can bring up our mood and sleep. Can't wait. Uh, a little more. <laughs> Cannot wait. Well, I'm going to tell you something that is going to pull me out of my funk. Mm-hmm. Our guest today. Yes. Two of our favorite people. Uh, they are both impressive in their own right, but they have joined forces to achieve something greater than the sum of their parts with creating the Video Game Accessibility Awards. It is a a show that we love that highlights accessibility in gaming and pushes the bar of accessibility to enable more players with diverse needs to enjoy games. I mean, this is something I feel like long overdue and we're going to be looking back on this moment like, I can't believe this didn't exist. Right? <laughs> and wasn't a centerpiece of gaming because accessibility in gaming is a given, should be a given. And these two folks are pushing all of that forward. So the show, the Video Game Accessibility Awards, will air on Twitch at 2 p.m. Pacific tomorrow, March 12th. And uh, these two people have got a lot of very fun surprises in store that we get to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here to talk about it are two favorite people, Steven Spawn and Alana Pierce. We're so excited to have you guys on, uh, back on, I should say, uh, to talk about something really cool that you guys are doing for the second year, right? This is the second annual Accessibility Awards. Sure is. Yeah. It's a thing that um, was supposed to happen way earlier than it even did, and then the pandemic happened. I was originally going to do it as a live show at an event like a PAX or something. And then, you know, 2020 occurred, um, and it got a lot harder. Uh, It got more complicated. And then I was like, well... 
you don't not do an accessibility awards show because it got more difficult. Uh, so <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. we still wrangled it together, obviously brought Steve on as my partner effectively. Um, and we have a lot of support from Able Gamers, which is awesome. They yeah. govern our, our voting. And basically, yeah, the point of the show is to celebrate uh, accessibility in video games. My agenda is very specifically about trying to get more developers interested and thinking about how they can implement these things to you know, make video games as a whole more accessible. How about you, Steve? What's your agenda? Uh, to try to exploit uh, chicken nuggets for <laughs> as much as humanly possible. Uh, I want that golden chicken nugget card. So our goals really align. Yeah, really. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Alana wants to make out. the world a better place. I just want an unlimited chicken nugget supply. Just like I want a dump truck to We got come that to Pizza Hut sponsorship. I think yes. we yeah. can get you a whole lot of pizza at the very oh, least. Did, does pizza make chicken nuggets? They might. You know what? Let's, let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, an exciting update is being able to bring in a sponsor this year, yeah. which is yeah. huge. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. They've been awesome to work with. Um, Pizza Hut, obviously, like I fully self-funded the show the first year, which was expensive and difficult. And I was like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's also very limiting because I can only do what I have with my own money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pizza Hut has allowed us to do some pretty crazy cool stuff. And they've been very fun to work with from my yeah. perspective. They're, they're like whatever you want, let's do it. Yeah, they're totally down, which is awesome. So we have some cool stuff planned for sure. I love that. What are some exciting things that have happened this past year when it comes to accessibility in gaming that you guys are particularly excited about? It's just been a great year for accessibility in that we continue to see more games pushing forward. Um, You know, we we got these nine amazing categories that we're giving out awards to, but truth be told, we probably could do a good 30. Unfortunately, there's only so much time that we can reliably be funny, and so we're constrained by that. Um, So we we can't do... Speak for yourself. Okay. Let's Uh, be real. It's endless. We could do a nine-hour show. Nine-hour show. All right, we're doing it next year, Amanda. You heard (laughs) it. Um, so, you know, uh, there's been some great things, uh, you know, along the way, we've seen big name publishers coming out with patches and DLC to fix errors that they made where they could invite more people with more accessibility. We've had some great staples coming out with new stuff. And, you know, honestly, we're just continuing to build on the momentum of more games, just adopting the mantra that gaming should be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, let's talk a little bit about, these categories. So we've got uh, second channel, clear text, input reduction. Uh, what are what are some things that you would love to see uh, grow in the next year in terms of accessibility? I mean, it's pretty limitless, I would say. Um, the, it, we need things to evolve for a long time. And, and it's something that like the thing that I think about when, when answering that question, especially as someone who works in game development, is it's more that I wish it weren't an afterthought. A lot of, uh, less about any particular category and more that I wish that studios would implement accessibility options from the beginning of development because it can get really hard. Something like having larger text in your UI is actually very difficult to do if you haven't thought of it ahead of time. It's not a matter of just increase size to 14 or whatever. It's actually a lot harder. <laughs> is that like that. A, a Microsoft <laughs> Word document, right? No, much more complicated. You would have to like, in some cases, change your entire UI to facilitate a different type of text. So Whoa. yeah, the thing that I, I think needs to improve is is people actually thinking about accessibility from the beginning um, and taking it seriously from the start so that 
it's it's easier to implement so that they don't have to do it in patches so that uh, disabled people can get announcements ahead of time is something that I still think everybody needs to improve on a lot. There's um, a lot of gamers don't know if they can even play certain games until they come out. And uh, that applies to me. I imagine that applies to you too, Steve, is like there's certain games that'll be like, I was really excited about Battletoads and I still managed to finish it, but um, I have tendonitis in both my wrists is what my accessibility issue is. So any uh, rapid button tapping will be very painful and I have to like ice it and then I won't be able to use my hands for several days. And it was such a bummer that you couldn't remap that game, um, mm-hmm. and I had to play it very slowly and with pain. So uh, announcements would also be awesome if people could tell, you know, disabled gamers ahead of time if they're going to be able to play a game before they pre-order it. Um, right. Steve, did you have a, an answer to that question? I, I, I agree with everything Alana said, but particularly in this day and age, we don't need to hide the accessibility. It's not the the back room thing that it used to be back when I started doing this, like, you know, three and a half million years ago. Um Back then, you had to fight for remapping in video games. And and now, you know, accessibility has come further. There are more options. You know, I wish that companies would take the hardline stance of these are the options we put in the game. We put them in there specifically to help people with disabilities. If you don't need them, then don't turn them on and they won't bother yeah. you in any way whatsoever. And, you know, here are the ones that we included. Some companies are very forthcoming. Um, Ubisoft in particular, very good about pushing out what they're going to do to games ahead of time, even if they don't hit all the marks. Sometimes they'll be very honest about, yep, we missed that one. Whoops, sorry. And, you know, at least they tried and we can continue to get better but other companies will put the accessibilities in the very bottom of the patch notes as if they're trying to bury them by doing a press release at 3.30 on a Friday. And it's it, it's, it's a little strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that seems a little, uh, yeah, a little disingenuous there, a little odd. Uh, yeah. how, you know, how did the, um, how is the judging panel and, and also how did you guys decide on these categories that are in the show? We went through and sort of argued amongst ourselves which ones would best represent as many people as we could get in in the show. Um, You know, we we did our best to make sure that we hit all the categories of disability, all the different uh, people that need to be represented. And of course, there's, again, not enough show to adequately bring all the awards we'd love to do so we we had to pick the best nine that we felt like really people would be like i loved that game that's that's going to be a good one and uh you know then we brought in able gamers to really bring home the voting and that's i think something that does a little bit differently with us than with some award shows you know you'll just have like well the panel decided this is the show that's it no we had actual people with disabilities voting and saying this is the best one this is the game you should pay attention to this one and it was always very close margins. We're talking, you know, 30, 40% of people voting for one title over the other. And, you know, so to have that kind of discussion internally amongst people with actual disabilities saying, you know, no, this isn't the corporate sponsorship of every single game is, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 now available on PlayStation and Xbox, you know. So I, I feel like at that point, you know, we're getting a real good idea of a swath of gamers out there that have disabilities and want to play these games and which ones did it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a pretty expansive, I, I feel like the categories that you that you landed on are, are fantastic. And one thing I really love that you touched on, Alana, was you know, for for uh, companies and studios to have it in mind from the get-go, not it really being an afterthought and through patches and everything. And one of the things that I really admired um, you know, from the last award show, uh, from a personal standpoint and from sentiment just from comments and everything, was, uh, you know, like an educational standpoint, too, and just knowledge of 
a lot of things that viewers might not have even considered or even thought of and games that are supporting um, accessibility and have, you know, that kind of a forethought. Uh, are there, were there any new categories or um, I, I know how you also featured some people in the space as well, how they were presenting the categories. Are there any surprises coming up for this year or anything exciting that we can expect? Well, they don't know. there are definitely some exciting things um in store for sure and yeah i mean my goal with the show um like i said is first and foremost the agenda that i'm not hiding it is to try to get um, more video game accessibility across the board but the mix that steve and i have is obviously steve's one of my best friends so we have like very good fun banter we're very positive but it's also informative so it's like the whole show Shouldn't feel like a lecture. I'm never going to berate anybody for not knowing what certain accessibility things mean or what they do. That's totally fine. Uh, it should be an accessible awards show, even to people who who don't know anything about any of these categories, basically, that you should be able to join, have them explain, have us make jokes, and um, leave understanding what video game accessibility is a little bit better, even if you aren't uh, a developer or you aren't someone who uses any accessibility options. Um, and frankly, part of that is that I think most people actually do. They just don't call them accessibility. <laughs> like, there are a lot of things that you, you would use yourself while regularly gaming that would be accessibility technically. I mean... Something like having a pause menu that counts as a a kind of situational accessibility that if you have kids, you might need to be able to pause a game so that you can make sure that you can look after your kids while you're playing. That is a situational thing that that pertains to accessibility where you might not be able to play that game if it doesn't have a pause menu like Elden Ring (laughs) that has no accessibility options. Um, Elden Ring doesn't have a pause menu? No, you can't pause. See, no, another no reason whatsoever. why I don't like it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank the, you for that. Look, I love the game, but the accessibility gets a fat zero. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but like it does pertain to a lot more people than I, I think uh, they realize. And it's also, right. yeah. you know, people get confused between approachability and accessibility and what these words mean. So mm-hmm. our goal is like, make you laugh, have fun, uh, celebrate the video games that are doing a good job. Uh, but also educate in a way that I don't think we would ever do in a patronizing or negative way. It's totally okay if you have no idea what this is going in, uh, but you'll you'll learn understanding a little bit more. Yeah, you'll yeah. leave understanding a little bit more. Is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> no, one thousand percent. And you both together are. I mean, individually, you are powerhouses. Together, I, you're just such a dynamic duo. A like, power, I, carry, you guys a power mansion. You're a power Aww. mansion. Duo. Power mansion. No, I, I carry like him that. all the time. That's, that's true. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> she is. She is honestly the looks and the brains of this operation. I disagree. I just, disagree. I, listen. All right. Well, that's true. You and I do have that eyelash thing going on. That's right, baby. What's up? Hey. Um, so you know the the great thing about doing this with Alana. So I I run my Twitch stream just on the side, having fun. And one of the cool things is once in a while you'll have somebody wander through and and say something cool about you know what an experience of the content that you built was. And I had someone I was telling Alana about this a while ago. She blushed. We had a a, a viewer come in and say you know. Uh, hey, my mom came in and she w- caught me watching you and Alana. And there was the part where Alana was trolling you with her robot voice. And she said, <laughs> your, your over-the-top reaction to her doing this and keeping it up was just so funny. My mom was cracking up. And then she started watching the thing and realized that one of the games that you were promoting as accessible was something that she had never heard of and would be able to reduce the amount of time she had to hit the keyboard. And she was like, 
could I play that? Because like that looks kind of fun. And so he actually got his mom into playing video games by this little piece of content that we did just Whoa. goofing around together. Right. And Hell I thought yeah. this is great. If we can keep replicating that and keep getting people to show people, hey, here's a couple of goofballs just having some fun and talking about accessibility. And also they're like, wait a minute, this is educational. I just realized that I can play a game. Now we have another gamer. And I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything bad in that. Dude. We're tricking people into becoming gamers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Walk, walk over this spot with uh, leaves. There's no trap over here. <laughs> Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. first meet how did this uh power mansion these two powerhouses how did you guys uh first meet well she sent me a check and she was like i'd really like to be friends and i was Say like nice things. i need money it was, oh, very, I, nice it was i don't know steve i feel like we've known each other just for a long time yeah Twitter through the buddies. internet yeah 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 we mutual friends and at some point somebody was like do you know alana and i was like no she seems like she's super mean why would i want to do that and uh uh, no, we just started talking in Twitter DMs. Uh, this was uh, back when Alana was going through some stuff. And I was like, hey, you know, do you need, ever need to talk? Yada, yada. And, you know, just tried to make a genuine connection instead of being like, hey, you want to do some content together, famous lady? And it's <laughs> weird. If you treat humans like humans, they tend to respond as a human. I don't know. It's a theory I'm working on. Mm. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I'm Your still guess. not ready to, do, to take that step. <laughs> we'll see. You've got time. You'll be fine. I love it. Now, wait a second. I have a question. Is there going to be a trophy? And if so, what are the, tr- you know, you think about the Oscars or like, I don't know, like a naked dude standing. And then you think about the <laughs> Emmys and that's like a naked woman with holding a giant ball. If there, if there's a, a, a trophy for the accessibility awards, what do you guys think it would be? We just had a meeting about it yesterday. So we do have trophies planned for this year. Um, But I made the note that I was like, in theory, they'll probably change and grow because I would like to have a permanent one like the Game Awards has the the winged thing. Totally. Uh, But I don't know what it should be. It's tough because we are representing so many people. um, And you don't want to not include anybody. And it's 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 definitely um, something you have to think about all the time. So even a trophy could potentially feel like it's not inclusive to some people. So it's something that we have to 
probably think about really hard, but I do want to have one. I would like to, you know, for all the years that we continue making the show, like just increase it every year and make it bigger and better and, and figure out what our staple trophy is. I just, it's tough. We got to figure out what, what that should be and like what we feel like best represents the accessibility awards. It's, it's difficult. Yes. I'm a fan of big goblets. And I'm a fan of like crystal pyramids, you know, like, ooh. Hmm. Goblet on a pyramid. You heard That's it here first. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so we've got trophies coming up. Uh, the yes. first year I, I saw you both, you know, dressed to the nines on the red carpet. <laughs> um, do you have any plans for the future? Do you kind of see where the show is going? What would you be most excited to see this uh, kind of evolve into in the next couple of years? Well, we want to do it in person. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is still a live stream. Um, which is in large part because of COVID when we were going about booking uh, was in a period of time where, I mean, cases are still bad, but January especially, they were like incredibly high. Um, so we definitely want to do it in person at some point. And yeah, I feel like Steve and I, we have some plans. We have some uh, plans, but you'll have to wait and see. But in person is next step. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We'd like there to have go. an audience. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And it's just yeah, people coming down from hot air balloons and craziness, like Lady Gaga. Oh, from how the do you get these ideas? Do we? Do we? We should hot, hire him. What, coffee. Do we have hot air a lot of co- like, goblets yeah. of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where the <laughs> goblet came from. It's yeah. my morning uh, cocaine. It's my morning cocaine <laughs> every morning. It, so we've advertised drugs, uh, alcohol. Okay, <laughs> I can't wait to talk to sponsors. This is gonna be great. <laughs> Thank you, Pizza Hut. We really appreciate it. <laughs> I, I will say, like, it, in terms of gaming, and I don't want to, again, split you two up, but who is the more competitive of you two? Oh, Alana, easily. <laughs> I'm not competitive at all. Easily. Um, she, every time she beats me in the video game, she t- immediately texts me afterwards, ha nerd, and I'm like, wow, that hurts. Oh. Steve, I don't feel like you're that competitive either. Nah. I don't know that either of us is very competitive. I mean, we make pretty good co-op buddies. Um, yeah. There we go. Steve carries me in in co-op of what's the game? It's Kingdom Two Crowns. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. definitely the one who is causing more chaos there. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like either of us are competitive. Like we played Fall Guys mm. together, and I don't have a competitive bone in my body where video games are concerned. I'm just there to have a good time, man. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it, I feel yeah. like you're pretty similar. It kind of it does sound cliche, like as if we scripted it before the show. But honestly, like Alana and I very much use gaming as a social situation. Like we we're on the other sides of the country, and because of the pandemic, we have never met in person. Like the the friendship this chemistry, month, technically, yeah. This this is it. this is it. Like Whoa. you know, we we have never met in person. Um, and you know, I think that is true for a lot of us, particularly during this panini. Was you know, you you you're maybe best friends. I, t- I talked to her more than my family for the most part, but I was it, the same actually. Right? But we've yeah. never actually met due to this freaking yeah. whole thing going on. And I think video games do that for a lot of us. And it just becomes this co-op experience where you get to share those experiences, do that bonding thing. And you don't have to necessarily be competitive. You can just sort of view it as having fun. So although even in Fall Guys, it would just be me grabbing on the people and trying to pull them off of her. And it was just fun. It's just it's <laughs> something different. Fall Guys bouncer. There we go. But yeah, I mean, that truly touches on just the power of gaming in general and how important accessibility so that everybody can have that experience and be able to connect with everybody. Yeah, we also we did a thing recently where um, Steve had me play a couple of games the way that he plays games, 
which Ooh. was really, really cool. Um, I still need to like actually put that video together, but I'm waiting for Steve to send me something. Uh -oh. And I've been waiting for years, Steve. Well, guys, please don't fight. Mom, dad, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so I just remembered that that was I, the thing that I need to follow I, up with you on. But in any case, um, I mean, Steve, do you want to explain how you play video games yes. rather than have me do it? Um, I mean, it's more funny to listen to you do it, but essentially, so I, when I'm playing video games, I wear a baseball cap that's got three points of an IR sensor. And essentially it's look, like looking at a web camera and the web camera can read my head movement and it translates that into keyboard presses. So I, I just have to remember which way to throw my head in order to hit a keyboard button. And uh, so I sent the same technology to Alana and I dragged her into a game like, all right, no cheating. Uh, and I didn't let her train on it. And she was like, I'm going in there cold. Let's do this. And so she just, uh, fortunately for me, she's a natural gamer, so she picked it up within like five seconds. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. uh, it wasn't too bad. It was. It was. It was definitely very fun um, to get to do that with you and have you like guide me through. And again, such a, an important case for accessibility was that like that's how Steve and I were able to play games together. Is that games that allow you to to do that? Um, it was really fun. Yeah, it was. The, my favorite thing about that experience of doing that with you at the same time was that I realized if I made you laugh that you would move and you would fuck things up. <laughs> I'm seeing yeah. some Fall Guys tactics come out yeah. already. You need That's... Steve to fail, you gotta make him laugh. It's great. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my God, I love that. Well, can't wait to see that video. Very exciting, very exciting. Steve. No, get yes. to it. One of these days. <laughs> it's odd. It's like we're entirely busy with this whole awards thing. I don't that know. That is true. That is true. I love it. Well, I love what you guys are doing. I think this is so cool. I can't wait to see uh, these this, these awards tomorrow. Where can people watch it at what time? March 12th, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash twitch. Uh, we, are, we will also be streaming it to my channel and Steve's channel and probably the AB Gamers channel, a bunch Nobody of other places. Nobody watches any of those. Yeah. <laughs> no, never heard of them. No. But uh, slash twitch uh, is, is the main one. Amazing. Man, a lot of peers. Steven Spahn, thank you guys. This is a real treat. And everyone check out the awards tomorrow. And of course, I mean, I, they should probably tweet at you guys if they have suggestions for next year, what they'd like to see next year as well. Yeah, totally. We do have a, a very inactive Twitter. I really need to fix that. That is uh, <laughs> at VGA Awards. Um, so yeah, if you if you have any feedback for it, we, you know, we, we totally, are, this is the second year, we have so much to grow and learning to do and, and feedback to take to, to make it better and, and bigger every single year after this. And uh, I welcome the, the audience participation. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm very excited for some pyramid goblets and uh, yep. I'm excited <laughs> to tune in tomorrow. So thank you both so much. Thanks for having thank us. You. Thank you again to the absolute powerhouses. And now with their powers combined, Power Mansion, yep. uh, Alana and Steven for joining us today and make sure to check out the Video Game Accessibility Awards tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific on Twitch. Gotta check it out. This is so important and it's incredible yeah. what they're doing. So go support, come hang out. We will be there. And right now we're just gonna take a quick little break, but we'll be right back. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. 
From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, so we are back, and I'm getting a message that Jen Samples, our fantastic super producer, has something that she wants to talk about. Jen, what is it? Yeah, I have a question for you guys because uh, I was editing Little Sia's episode, and in that episode, she talked about making a sort of a backlog list of games that she thinks she should play. Mm. And, you know, Banjo-Kazooie was one of them. And I, that got me thinking what would be on my list of games that I've just missed out on. Mm-hmm. What's on your list of games that, you know, are very popular in the zeitgeist, even nostalgic games from 10, 20 years ago that you never played, but you're like, oh, I should go back and maybe play those games? Ooh, that's a really good question. Because I feel like I have a backlog of TV. I've got a backlog of everything else. Um, But video games, I feel like I just can't seem to chip away at it. It's overwhelming for some reason. Uh, If I, uh, the first thing that comes to mind and something that I feel like there's, you know, people who have like played, played the Fallout games, you know, they played three, they played New Vegas, they've played, you know, and they have appreciation for that series. There's people who've played the Elder Scrolls games who just have an appreciation for that series. And I feel like there's one big glaring blind spot of appreciation for a series that I just never fell into. And it's Mass Effect. I've never played Mass Effect. But I there's, was, was going to say the same thing. There's so much love for that game. There's so much yeah. love for that series. And that's one yeah. that I would love to dive into. But it almost feels too late. But I know that I need to play it at some time. I 100% agree. I think, uh, and I think you put it perfectly. Like there are kind of sagas, I feel like. Total blind spots for me. Mass Effect is at the top of the list. Uncharted is up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. you know, I uh, Minecraft. I never got into <gasps> Minecraft, and people love Minecraft. They have servers. They're doing. I we never. Can, we can get that. you into Minecraft. That's easy. I'm, no, I'm, easy I'm okay. peasy. I'm no, we got you. We'll I'm, set you up. Yeah, get you a server. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Give me the logon. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that and um. There's one more. What am I thinking of? Um. And Half Life. <gasps> Half-Life yeah. and Half-Life 2. because And that's the thing when you said, like, is it too late to play a Mass Effect? I don't think it's too late to play, but I do think it's too late to get into Half-Life and Half-Life 2. No, oh, you know what? No. I would say they're, they're really good games. They're really good games, to be honest. Like, when I got the orange box, I was I, I got it just for Team Fortress 2. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, wait, Portal it unlocked a whole lot for me. But... Um, I wasn't really that familiar with the Half-Life games. Uh, so then I went back and I played Half-Life 1. And then the Orange Box had Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2. And God, it's fantastic. It's a great series. I don't know. Because I played a little bit of Half-Life 2. Wasn't good. Ooh. It, what, it had the... So I had a similar thing where I really talked a lot about this Matrix game, Enter the Matrix. And, and I talked a lot about it being like an amazing bridge between the movies and the gameplay was amazing and bullet time and all that stuff. And I went back and played it and graphics were terrible, obviously, Mm -hmm. but the levels were empty. And that's how I felt when I played a little bit of Half-Life 2. Like I'm on a boat, nothing's happening for a while. 
I'm like going and there's some head crabs I'm shooting them, but like it felt very large and empty. Mm. Maybe a lot of it is like doused in nostalgia for me. Maybe that's part of it. And that's what I worry about, you know, series and stuff like that or games that people are so diehard in love with. Like I, I, I know so many people love Metroid. I never, oh, yeah. I never got into Metroid. And with Metroid Dread, everyone's like, oh, it's so good. But I wonder if part of it is also it just being like sprinkled with nostalgia and having that appreciation of like, hey, I grew up with this game. And now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because let's talk about series I don't want to play and never will. <laughs> yeah. Starting with Pokemon. And I uh, feel like Pokemon. Oh, here we go. Po- okay. I'm sorry to bring this up again, here but I just feel like Pokemon is that. In many ways, mm-hmm. I feel like it is nostalgia for people. And it and look, nothing wrong with nostalgia coloring the love of a game or anything like that. Like, I get it. I'm nostalgic for things too, and that colors my perception. But I do feel like for me, that's one of the reasons why I kind of can't get into Pokemon because it didn't imprint on me at an early age. And I'm, I'm seeing it now through adult eyes and I just, I don't get it. I don't really want to, and that kind of a thing. I don't know. I can understand that. I get that. And, and like in a similar way, like I will say the flip of that is like Halo. I don't mm. necessarily think Halo is a great game, but like since it was one of the first times I played like, oh, a multiplayer game, yeah. that experience, it's like hitting those neurons. And I'm like, yeah. is Halo Infinite that good? I don't know. Not really to me. I don't really think it's that fantastic, but it's in the Halo universe, which I like. Hey, this guy was the lead singer of a band I liked. His new band isn't that great, but I think about the first band. Yeah. Yeah. Similar thing. So, and by the way, I I just want to say, I don't think there's anything bad about that. No. That's that's part of the beauty of games. Absolutely not. And I felt very similar with Halo. I still haven't really played through the campaign, but honestly, as soon as I heard that there was going to be multiplayer, I immediately went back to like my my basement apartment, eating Cheetos, you know, slamming out matches in, in Halo. And it just brought me back. And all I wanted was to feel that again. I just wanted to have that like online Halo experience again. I just, you know, I was special and I just wanted to go back. So I can definitely understand that. So, and it's interesting now because, you know, uh, there are so many more games and, and there's so much more noise in the world of games. Like what now are kind of games that people who are young, who are playing, what games are they going to be nostalgic for in five to 10 years? Because I don't know mm. that there's anything like Dark Souls, maybe? Like, what are what are like the, what are a couple new franchises that you think, oh, in the future, if they release a game in 10 years, people are going to, and that's not that good, people will be like, but, it, oh, it makes me think of this. Do you think The Last of Us would be one? Maybe, mm. maybe. I mean, I think it's harder to do with narrative games almost, but maybe not. No, I I take that back because, of course, Half-Life and Mass Effect. Yeah, maybe. I was thinking maybe also like Bioshock might be an interesting Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. And Uncharted. Although Uncharted already is that, I think, Mm because it's already pretty old. I was going to say Fallout, but like that wasn't, that's not too, too old. Unless they made a game like 10 years from now and they're like Fallout 6. Yeah. I think that's just going to be the real reality. That's going to be right. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be 10 living years in from Fallout. now. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, it's so nostalgic when this was just a game. <laughs> yeah. Now it's real. The Have real fun. nostalgia. 
It's interesting because I I think like when it comes to backlogs of games, like a, a game can be some of the best games are so long that mm-hmm. I think it's just really intimidating. So I don't know in terms of we're, we're talking about like, oh, a movie I really want to see. Rarely can I think of a time where I'm gonna be like, hey, I have 60 hours to spare. <laughs> I'm going to make my way through this game that I heard was good. You like know, years it's, ago. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just such, it's just such a commitment. And, and here's something else that, you know, here's something else I've been feeling lately about kind of entertainment is I, there's this trend now where there'll be like a series. I'll be watching a series on Netflix or HBO or, or Hulu or something. And I'm like, this is a great movie. I don't need 10 episodes of this. Squid Game is the perfect example. Mm. I didn't need 10 episodes. Make it a two hour movie. Great. Like Archive 81, another thing I'm watching. It's a movie, not a show. And I just wonder if games are headed in this direction because I've started to play Horizon Forbidden West. Mm -hmm. And it is just taking so long to get into what's anything that that is exciting for me about it. And I'm like, does this game need to be 100 hours or 60 hours? Can you make a game that's five hours that's still engrossing and great? And I wonder if games are kind of not stretching out on purpose, but like maybe I don't need 60,000 achievements. Maybe just tell me a really great story in kind of a short time span. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's one of those things where like if you love the world, you just want more of it. It was kind of like playing through Ghost of Tsushima where like it's a huge game. It is massive. Like the map is massive. Like it, you know, I think I have maybe like 60 hours in that game or something. But it's one where like I just wanted more. I kept wanting more. But there is the flip side of that. And I'm feeling so similar with Horizon Forbidden West where like the hooks aren't in yet. They're not in. And I've played maybe like an hour or two and people are like, oh, it gets better once it opens up. It gets better. It It gets better. But I just like there's nothing that's hooking me, you know? That's the exact same thing that people say to me with a TV series. Like, hey, you know, episode three is really where it takes off. And I'm like, if it takes off in episode three, make it a movie and make that the first 20 minutes. For real. Don't make it a series. And I I think, you know, I I hate to keep singing the praises of Inscription, but I think like Daniel Mullins and his team did the right thing with Inscription, which is, I love that world. I love that game. I beat the game and they made a mod for it or then you can play parts of it as a separate game mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah. So you could still live in that world, which is great. And it's hard. And and I'm sure I could beat it eventually. But like a similar thing where like, I just want to experience this over and over and over. And they're like, we hear you. Here's a way to do that. And I would love to see that from games. Yes. Make it, make the game 20 hours and then give me a DLC or a mod that are a patch that then I could be like, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to be in this world. Yes. I, I feel like Fallout 3 was like that. Yes, I agree. It's the I exact totally same agree. thing where like I played the whole game and I was like, cool, this is so good. I want more. But then they came out with, was it the Broken Steel DLC where you the level cap is increased and then it's yep. open and it continues the game. Skyrim similar. Yeah, yeah, similar thing to Skyrim too. Like, okay, you can have a family and a house. And this mm-hmm. is like, you know, I think that I would love to see that happen in games because I, I just more and more, I just see, I hear about 
fewer and fewer people finishing games and finishing the story because it's just so so many hours. And that's a shame because these people are making great games and telling great stories. Make it make it short and then yeah. give us a little more so we can just play it later. I think you're seeing that too in Grand Theft Auto. Like how people are doing this multiplayer stuff. They're just living in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just want to be in the world, right? For sure. And yeah, it is, like you said earlier, you made a good point where it's just intimidating to yeah. want to go back and play through it it's and exhausting. finish your finish your list. Jen, did you did you say what was on your list? The big one on my list, it's not even like so much of a nostalgia game, but more just like I can't believe I haven't played it, and I should, is Breath of the Wild. Me too. Haven't played that either. Oh, both of you. Every time I'm, like, about to download it, I don't know what's holding me back. I just, I get overwhelmed. Me too. I think. Where I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this right now, but I know I would like it. It is a huge game, too. Right. So, (laughs) again, So that's the problem, I think, where I just get nervous, and then I've, like, literally been about to buy it, and then I've put my Switch down and been like, eh, never mind. It's one of those things where you have to like accept that it is, you're not going to get it in one playthrough. Like it's, it's one, it's a world that you can keep revisiting. And I kind of feel the same with Elden Ring right now, where Mm -hmm. I know that is a huge game. It's a game that I'm going to just keep coming back to. And I need to just accept that it's like a, a, you know, a perpetual thing. Okay. You know, but I, Breath of the Wild is so worth it too. Okay. I need to. Let us know out there about the backlog of games on your list, either franchises or standalone games that you feel like you should play, but you haven't yet. And let us know also what you think about our games too long. Should mm-hmm. games be shorter? I mean, that's that's kind of like a big, larger trend, I think. And also why I'm loving indie games, because I can really yeah. get the whole story. And I think it's much more satisfying. So let us know what you think at Good Game Nice Try on Twitter. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. Wow, we had like a real human discussion where I didn't swear or rant about stuff. That was beautiful. You didn't raise your voice once, I don't think. Am I growing up? This is growth. Is this what growing Aww, up is? This is beautiful. Little blink one in each Well, I had to ruin it, didn't I? Yeah. All right, see you guys next week. Good Game, Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Salataroff, Adam Sachs, and... Jeff Ross. Engineering by Eduardo Perez with engineering and sound design. Love that by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. Special thanks to Lisa Berm and music. We couldn't do it without him. John. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 